What's up and welcome to Living the Damn Dream. I'm Mike. I'm Sarah. And uh, I don't know if it's this is why we're in rough moods today, Sarah, but it's tax season. I know there's some extensions, but typically this week is when your taxes are due. And I don't know, you and I were both talking before we started recording and we're just not in a good mood this week. So I think this is going to be a quick one. This is going to be like a short podcast because we're both just, we got other stuff going on and it's just, we're not vibing today, I don't think. In, in honor of tax season, you know, we're going to keep it short so you can get the information you need and get out and go do your taxes if you still haven't done them. Yeah. Hopefully we, we won't be as confusing as the tax system is because I still, after being an adult for 15 years, don't understand it every year, but we'll try and do a little bit better. Plus we got our casting calls of the week a little bit later on. So um, yeah, it is tax season. We're kind of going to tell you guys what taxes are like for us in this industry because it's very different than your standard W-2 type worker that has their nine to five, Monday to Friday, you know, one job kind of thing. Then we're going to give some tips on how you can save come tax season if you are like us, if you have any kind of independent business or freelancing or anything like that. And uh, yeah, but Sarah, I think we want to start with, you've got a horror story with our current shared accountant and your taxes this year that you've been hyping to me all week. So what's going on? Well, before that, I think I might have one more horror story for you. Oh, great. The more horror stories, the better. I just realized I'm recording this without my AirPods and the mic is probably picking up you. No, don't worry. This is the joy of Zoom because I'm doing the same thing. If you notice, Zoom somehow knows whenever the person is talking to cut off the output from the other person. So we're totally fine. We'll be good. And if not, then we'll just record this and it'll be a terrible episode. But I'm 100% sure that we'll be okay. <laughs> okay. So possible horror story, TBD, but Mike doesn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out soon. Um. Okay. Here's my story, which is part of the reason I'm honestly so stressed right now. So I have been going to the same tax agent for years. I honestly, at this point, forget who even sent me to her to begin with. Um. I'm not going to name her. Um, because what I'm about to say is literally insane. Um, but essentially, you know, she specializes in helping people who work in entertainment and hospitality, which are two fields that I work in. I've loved her every single year I've used her. She's pretty inexpensive. Um, she gets me, uh, a lot of money back on my return or like cuts it down. So I actually don't end up having to pay so much is really what's more accurate here. Um, and really knows how to ask the questions to help me, you know, itemize those deductions, et cetera, et cetera. So she has a little bit of, um, an untraditional setup and Mike, you know, this because mm -hmm. you are now going to her and maybe not, maybe you're not going to want to after I tell you the story. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, basically if you've never been to her before, she has this kind of dodgy sort of office that I don't think is there year round. If I'm being completely honest, I think it kind of disappears, um, in off season and she goes back to long Island, <laughs> which is, it's, it's literally a basement in the West village. Like you're walking down a quiet block and it's just voila, go down like six sets of stairs and she's in the bottom of a building. It's totally. Yeah. It's unnoticeable. It's, it's a little dodgy. She is dodgy. Um, she is, you know, a typical Long Island, like ballsy woman. 
Um, and what she does is if like, again, you've never been to her before, you kind of have to like go during these very early hours to wait in line to see if you're like one of the first 10 people who are in line that day. And then like they call you in. It's been a little bit different now this year with COVID, but essentially she is this unconventional thing where you basically cannot make an appointment. You wait in a line, like they might have you come back. You're basically spending hours and hours and hours trying to get, you know, time with this woman. Now, once you do go to the woman, like, cause you'd be like, Sarah, why would you keep going back to this person? It does change a bit. Um, I can at this point sort of text her and be like, Hey, I'm doing drop off. And she'll be like, great. Come during this time. And she has, she knows all my information and my history now. So it's like, she has all that stuff to sort of, you know, work with, with my paperwork. So I have had zero problems for years. Last year, um, she had me start, or I guess the year before now, whatever, 2019, I started my S Corp, um, advised by her, which we'll get into a little bit later on this episode. Um, But with that being said, this year, um, you know, I had my personal taxes and then I had my S Corp, my business taxes. So I give her all the paperwork, uh, drop it off uh, that first week of March. You know, I had to text her to say I was going to go by, dropped it off. And then let her know that I was going to be moving to Connecticut um, temporarily. And, you know, if she could have them done by the time I moved, that'd be great. And if not, no worries that my partner would go pick them up and pay her because that's the other thing. She only takes cash. Yep, that's true. So, like, I I knew I was going to have to send somebody by in my place. She has, my boyfriend has also used her to do taxes, so she knows who he is. And I just wanted to obviously make sure that was okay because it's, you know, my tax paperwork. So I just wanted to give her a heads up. You know, she didn't say anything. Like, she was kind of just like, whatever. Anyway, so the week that the business taxes are due, which is earlier than regular personal taxes, um, one week prior to that due date, she basically sends me a text and she says, your your taxes are ready for pickup. Come these hours, which were sort of normal business hours. And then, and, and so I was ready to go. And then she sends me another text. She's like, actually, hold up. There's a some sort of law bill being passed with, covid um and the unemployment sort of Mm -hmm. insurance and like you might actually not have to pay taxes on them so wait until monday it should be ready by then and then i I can have everything ready for you so you can come pick it all up together so i was like great she was like so just just hold on so then sunday night at 10 p.m she texts me and she's like okay you can come pick up your taxes tomorrow between like I think it was like 7 and 9 p.m. And I was scheduled to, I think, actually record the podcast, maybe something else. I don't remember. Like, I had stuff to do. And it wasn't the same hour she had originally told me. So I was like, "Um, I I actually can't come during those hours. Like, I thought it was going to be the same hours as before. And she was like, nope, no, those aren't the hours. And I was like, okay, well, they're due that day. So, like, what, what should I do? And she was like, I'll email them to you. And I was like, okay, great. So she emails them to me. I have to sign a couple of things and bam. Okay. Didn't think anything of it. And I just assumed, never assume guys. We know what that, whatever, we know what that means. So I just (laughs) assumed. You and me. Yeah. I just assumed that like I was now waiting for a text for my personal taxes. And then I was going to go pick those up and pay her for everything. Right. A couple weeks go by. I'm like, that is so weird that she hasn't texted me yet about these taxes. Um, you know, cause she had asked me the questions she needed to about the personal taxes. Like, Hey, did you have health insurance? Hey, did you do this? Blah, 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 blah. So I thought they were like almost ready. So it's kind of strange. And then all of a sudden I get a text from her that just says, 
No one ever came in to complete the transaction. I'm like, what is this woman talking? I'm like, yeah, no one came in to, yeah, because I'm waiting to hear from you. Like, right. So I we haven't transacted back. anything yet. <laughs> yeah. So I text her back and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, did someone reach out to me and I missed it? Like, I've just actually been waiting to hear from you as to when I can pick up. And she goes again, blanks, just no one ever came to complete the transaction. And I'm like, oh, this woman's accusing me of not paying her. That's right. that's what's happening. And I'm just like, I have been going to her for six years. So now I'm getting a bit defensive because it's like we have like a relationship. Yeah, even a relationship. The whole point of that is trust. Yeah. And also it's like, I can't even like, okay, so you have my personal taxes. Like I can't even... Like, I figured I'm coming to pick those up anyway. I'll just pay you all at the same time. Now, granted, so I, basically I got a little defensive and I just was trying to explain my point of view. Like, hey, I'm so sorry for the miscommunication. I was under the impression that I would pick everything up together and pay you then. And she, I mean, we just went into a whole text thing. She was very hostile. Mm. And then it, it just, it got really weird. I, I essentially had to end up like I just ended up apologizing where I'm just like I'm so sorry for the miscommunication like I'll send Alex tomorrow like and then the other thing is like I'm like are you gonna be there because like she keeps weird office hours so right. I had to make sure radio silent radio silent um so I still have not heard from this woman it still, has all been now. several weeks I have checked in I'm like, when can I come by with cash? Like, I'm not even bringing up the fact that she's holding my personal <laughs> taxes hostage at this point. I truly, Mike, I'm like in a situation where I like That's actually wild. don't know what to do. She has my taxes. I am in Connecticut. So I think I have to go back this week and just try to like see if she's there. Like show up in person, right? I, but it's like, I mean, like, this is so I'm in Connecticut shooting a show. Like, this is not convenient at all. Now, granted. So I, I did, I took a different perspective. Cause I was like, okay, if I had to do this, cause my boyfriend was like, Sarah, you probably should have handled that differently. And I went back through my text and like, I was not by any means like a bitch or whatever. However, if I were a freelancer, right. And we are, and somebody was trying trying to say to me like like I was trying to get paid and they were trying to explain themselves as to why I hadn't gotten paid yet I would probably be pretty annoyed right yeah. like on the it happens to us all the time exactly. I, I worked a, a job recently where they my our contract is they have to pay me within 30 days and not once has that ever happened and I'm always following up with them and it's always some excuse or some reason so maybe putting the shoe on the other foot does help. But the thing is, this is a, an accountant you've worked with for, for years, years. For years now. And there's a hard tax deadline that we know with the federal government every single year is always the same. That's the crazy part. Like she's always gotten paid. I've always, I just, so yeah, I, this is where, this is why I'm like, this is a crazy story. I literally have no idea. Like my, my, literally my taxes are being held for ransom at this point. Jeez. I don't even, I'm, I don't even know what's going to happen when I show up. Like. What if she's like, oh, well, do your own fucking taxes. And right. I don't know. Six years like, out the window. And and that's the th and that's the thing because she has and what if she doesn't even give them to me? What if she doesn't give them to me? Then like how do I even get all my like you know, as a freelancer, we have a gazillion pieces of paper. I don't even know where I would get all of them from. Like she could truly fuck me right now.
Yeah, I think she she won't. I'm not sure she can because that's that is your information, your 1099s and everything. Uh, I, I, you could probably sue her at that point. I'm sure she wants to avoid that, but who knows? She is a very ballsy Long Island New Yorker type woman. She may want the 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 combat, but um, I think her choice will either be, hey fine. You don't want to pay me. Here's your stuff. I don't think she's going to hold on to your paperwork forever, but it's very frustrating because I mean, at least this year, the personal taxes, it's been extended. You have the extra month until next May, but still you wanted to resolve this weeks ago and you're, it's just dragging your life. Through I just don't now. understand. Like, it makes no I, sense. Like, don't you want to get paid? Like I'm literally at this point saying, Hey, when are you going to be there? So I can bring you money. Yeah. And I guess she's just playing She's just playing difficult. She's like, oh, you want to make my life hard? I'll make your life hard. That's, yeah. I think, what's happening. But now I'm also scared because there's really no, like, price list for this lady either. Like, that's the other thing. There's no pricing. So, yeah. like, I could totally go in and she could be like, you want your taxes? It's $800. Give me $1,000 now. <laughs> you know? Like I was worried about that because I went to her for the first time this year and you recommended uh, her to me. And she was great. And uh, luckily... I did everything personal this year. I have not started my S Corp yet. I did that after I met with her. We'll talk about that momentarily. Um, so I didn't have to get in that early because you let something else. If you have your own business, you have to file a month before your personal taxes on April 15th. So I called in like January and made an appointment because I figured, let me get in ahead of the crush. And she answered the phone, made an appointment. And I thought, wow, this woman's great. But then she said, we'll give you a call back to confirm the week prior. And then when I never heard and I tried calling her, then I got what you're talking about, where she never picked up her phone. It went straight to voicemail. There was no voicemail. It didn't even give you the chance to leave one. Um, you try and text her. She never answers. So I just showed up the day of my appointment, hoping for the best, knocked on the door. She was with a client already. There was no line, thankfully, but she said, give me about uh, an hour. And I said, okay, that's not, hey, you're, you know, give me 10 minutes. The appointment's pushing back. An hour is a whole other appointment. Like it's crazy. So I literally went back. And then to your point, I'm sitting there while she's doing all this. And there was never a pricing discussion. There was never a table or a menu of services. So at the end, I'm just waiting for her to say, okay, a thousand dollars, please. And it was just so tension racked, but it ended up being uh, cheap and, and half of what I paid my accountant last year. So I was happy that I went. But to your point, because of that, vagueness she can come back and tell you whatever the hell she wants whatever she wants and you know i've been talking to people about this and essentially what i'm hearing is like you get what you pay for right like you know like this woman has given you the information that you need to make a decision right she's a dodgy character right she takes cash only she doesn't keep normal office hours her office itself is not normal she's hard to reach she prints all her documents in like Microsoft Word art, like Comic Sans. I, I posted uh, how much I owed online, a picture of on her letterhead without her personal information, of course. And all my friends were like, what accountant are you using? Is this 1996? Like, are they using Windows 95? What's going on here? So yeah, that just adds to her mystique, I think. But like, it's hard because again, like every year she's shown me that like, I don't have to pay a lot of money to get my taxes done. Like she asks, you know, she asks me the questions that and gives me the proper guidance in order to make sure that I'm getting, making the most of, um, you know, all of my expenses, my deductions, all of that sort of stuff. And so I never really thought about it. And now it's like, 
I don't know what I'm going to do next year. I mean, TBD, guys. Like, this story is going to be continued, I guess, because... Sarah may be in tax jail by the time that we I record. don't know what is happening. Like, I think I'm going to have to make a trip to New York this week and just stop by and, and hope for the best. But wish me luck, everyone. And yeah. I don't know and... if you're a tax agent and you want to reach out. Maybe I might be new and looking yeah, for someone Yeah, Sarah's new. looking for a client, maybe. Uh, it'll be funny because you'll show up there in person and she'll answer the door and be totally happy to see you and pretend like nothing's ever happened. You don't I think don't so? know. No? I feel like there's such like I'm while you're while we get into this next hold on, let me just like read you a sampling just for shits and giggles. First of all, Mike, because Mike can see me right now. These are I this is me. Wow. Respond, wow. She has not responded in like a minute. That's so he like, can well, see one, two. Yeah, that's like a, like 10 plus text messages Sarah has sent her. And it's not just, hey, how are you? These are big bubbles. Lot I, I'd say at least like 500 words of text. And she's an Android, so the green bubbles on the iPhone just adds yeah. to the frustration. She like she said things like, we didn't know anything about you moving until after you received the business return. So then I sent her a screenshot of the text when I told her that I was moving. Mm. She She totally ignored the purpose of that screenshot and wrote, yes, that's when we told you that your taxes will be ready for pickup on Wednesday from 10 to 6. You have it in the text. I'm like... Yeah, I have in the text that I was moving that like, what are you even talking yeah. about? Like, it's just back and forth. And then she said that she complete, completed my business taxes in a rush, which was also not true. Um, and so, also not professional. Like you're an accountant. You should know that this is the kind of work you're doing this time of year. You should not be rushing or whatever. Anyway, so now, yeah, it's just me. The last couple of texts, and again, Mike can see this, is just me asking when wow. I can come by to pay her and no one and writing no me answer. back. That's insane. Um yeah, I mean, again, you get what you pay for, but she, I mean, she helped me a ton this year because last year all the work I did was non-taxed and that's going to lead into our next segment right now. I ended up owing, even though it was a pandemic and at the time they were taxing unemployment benefits, I was supposed to owe like $9,000 um, on my taxes. And then she worked her magic, which may put me in jail because we talked <laughs> about the dodginess of her ways maybe, but she got me down to only owing only quote unquote, uh, about $3,000, six grand is a lot of money, right? So she was able to do that. And she cost me half of what I paid my family accountant last year, who does not specialize in entertainment or freelancers. And I owed almost as much money last year too. So I was able to owe less with extenuating circumstances and pay less to her. I consider that a win. But then she also told me kind of as I was going out the door, you know, for next year, do this and do that and start your S Corp, do it like previous and whatever, move to New Jersey, all this stuff that I'm going to do. And I have a feeling I'm going to end up in jail next year because following her advice. And she's going to say, hey, that's only advice. You got to do what's best for you. And I'm going to end up, you know, really biting myself in the ass. But. I keep waiting to get audited and it yeah. hasn't happened yet. Um, crossed. I, I don't know. I'm like, I have no idea what sort of loopholes are happening. Like, again, this whole world of taxation is very um, foreign to me. I can't really wrap my little brain around it. And so I just trust that the person I'm hiring is, I guess, doing things by the book. But at the same time, we're looking at someone who doesn't do most things by the book. So right. we also know that she probably <laughs> isn't. <laughs> So that's the thing, right? We have to resort to this kind of stuff. And I think any small business owner can relate to us on this. Doesn't have to be just uh, an entertainment or media person, anybody that freelances. This is what you have to deal with, right? So we get paid by a lot of jobs on 1099s. So there are no taxes taken out at the time. If you get a paycheck from a 
you know, traditional job, you're going to have all your state federal taxes taken out. You see it in your pay stub. Uh, we don't. So it's great when a job tells you, hey, we're going to pay you $1,000 to come work an eight-hour day, and you get that check or that direct deposit, and you get all $1,000. That's an amazing feeling. But that adds up over the year, and then that really comes back to bite you at the end of the year. Um, also, if you work in different states, like Sarah, you're working in Connecticut now. You've worked in New York. Uh, I know, you know a lot of camera ops or production people. They're doing productions in LA and New York and Chicago and wherever. And you got to pay taxes in all those different states and those different things. Um, and then like healthcare, you know, I buy my own insurance, my own health insurance, and you pay monthly based on how much income you expect to earn in the coming year. But we have no idea how much income we're going to earn because all of our jobs kind of come and go. So if I end up making more than I told the IRS, I thought I was going to, I have to pay all that back at the end of the year too. So it's a lot of stuff that we do have to deal with out of pocket that uh, a typical W-2 worker doesn't even have to think about. Is there anything else that that you can think of that are you know is troublesome for us or people like us? No, I think just picture this, like at the end of the year, no joke, I have about 20 different like W-2s and 1099s on yeah. average. Like I have to wait for them all to come in and I'm sort of, and this is bad on, this is my bad for not doing better bookkeeping. But I'm usually like, I just wait to file taxes because I want to make sure all my paperwork comes in. And then I've also had the experience where they not everything got sent to me. So I'll file and then the, the government will reach out and be like, hey, you didn't pay all your taxes. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I did. And they're like, nope, you missed a couple. And then I actually have to get on the phone, find out like what was missing from my return, like what wasn't actually sent to me. So like a lot of times I actually have to just like call the government and be like, hey, these are the W-2s and 1099s that I have. Do they match up with everything that you have to actually make sure that I'm paying properly because there's so many different jobs? Yeah. And and that goes back to the accountability of the employers, right? As a freelancer, you can't always count on people to pay you on time, but also every business is supposed to send you the tax forms by the end of January. They're supposed to be in your hands. And yet you know, it comes February or March and these people haven't sent us what we need. And then you end up getting a call from the IRS asking you to try and balance your books, which is uh, extremely frustrating. Um, so what do you do, Sarah, to, to help, I guess, mitigate these problems? Uh, every person's situation is different, but I think bookkeeping, like you said, is a huge thing. What are some ways that some things you do to either make your life easier this time of year or to save yourself some money throughout the year? Um, I'm like, the reason I didn't write any notes in this doc is because I am the worst person to ask. Okay, so you do this. nothing is basically your can I, I'll tell you what my process looks like because it's very simple. At the end of the year, I like literally go through my, my bank statements and so I just start highlighting things that I know were like, related to production or whatever. Mm. So if there's like, let's say an actor's access charge, if there are Amazon purchases that I know were dedicated to, let's say, you know, decorated set decoration for a shoot that I did or wardrobe or this, that, and the other, I'll start to look through at the end of the year. I'll just like basically print all my bank statements and start <laughs> highlighting. I'm picturing the meme, like Charlie from It's Always Sunny, where he has the cork board and the whole thing in front of him, the conspiracy. It's really that's bad, your, your but that's, I mean, it's what I do. But at this point, I also do generally know what those expenses look like. I have saved from previous years what my deductions were, the things that I did deduct. So I kind of use the same template and then go back through all at once and like, you know, add up transportation, add up this, add up that. Um, one thing that I did this year um, 
too late in the game, but that will hopefully help me next year is got a credit card for my business, mm. which will actually just that way. I don't have to go back through my personal and be like, Oh, this was that, this was that, this was, you know, and it just shows that everything that I actually am expensing for my business, like it came from my business account. Yeah. That's smart. And I think that's my biggest tip for anyone doing this is keep your track along the way. And whether that's getting a business credit card and anything that you want to write off, you put it on that card. Uh, or, you know, me, because I've been using my personal credit card for all that stuff. I keep, I keep a Google sheet. Every time I put an, I spend something that's going to get written off. I put it in that sheet. So at the end of the year, I just highlight it all. And it tells me the grand total. I don't have to print out all these papers and spend uh, you know, a week in my apartment with papers all over the floor. Um, so that's the big thing I think is, is, is your bookkeeping. And then write-offs. Yeah. I mean, like Sarah alluded to, anything you do, and I think they're doing it a lot more in commercials now. I've been seeing it for TurboTax. I remember one where a mom's like, oh, the, the Wi-Fi in my son's treehouse, can I write that off as a tax expense? And the woman goes, if that's where you do your business, then yeah, you can. And a lot of people, I don't think realize how much you can actually write off if you are self-employed. So you can write off makeup if you're on camera. We've talked about this before, I think in the money episode, you can write off your internet charges, your subscriptions to job boards, uh, even part of your square footage of your apartment, if it's used exclusively as an office, there are so many different things that you can write off where even though you're paying it out of pocket up front, come tax time, it will get basically put back in your pocket uh, to counteract all of the expenses you have as a freelancer. So I think that's huge um, mileage as well. If you're driving to gigs and it's not a full-time job, that counts. Keep track of how much you drive because they pay you based on the mileage that you get, you get and what the price of gas is. Metro if you cards. A, what's that? Metro cards. Yeah. Metro cards. If you live in a big city, um, any kind of public transportation that you take to jobs, because a lot of companies will give you that as part of your paycheck benefit. So uh, you should be entitled to that benefit too. So yeah, a lot of that pretty much, I mean, anything else you can think of good examples of stuff you write off that people might not think about. You know, if I'm, if I, you know, I'm shooting stuff when I'm traveling, let's say I'm shooting you know, a YouTube video, right? On, uh, I'm going to Thailand and I wanted to shoot a YouTube video on different places to visit in Thailand. Like technically you can write that off as an expense. Technically, yeah. <laughs> Be careful. I don't want you yeah, to like write off right. your entire trip to Thailand. That's not what I'm advising you to do. But like consider the fact, like how much of, how much of that was vacation? How much of that was you doing something for your business where you're earning money off of it as a result, right? Yeah, which you may have to be ready to prove. And look, I guess we should have said this at the beginning. Sarah and I, just like our shared accountant, uh, are not giving you anything that, you know, any advice that if you take it and it backfires, you should be able to sue us for. We are not tax professionals or accountants. So take everything we say as just our personal experience. But right, be able to prove that, hey, if you did go to Thailand for that trip and the IRS asks that you either, you know, you wrote a blog about it, you made a video about it, you sold some uh, product or service that you wouldn't have been able to unless you were there. So it's not just, hey, I went there, I was on the beach for seven days, but I put an Instagram post up and that's the end of the story, write it off. Um, so definitely consider uh, the real life circumstances of some of that stuff. Um, other things I would recommend, um, if you are not getting taxed by paycheck, becoming your own tax person, like set up a new account or something and take out you know, 20, 30% of that paycheck you get and just set it aside so that when tax time comes, you have that money ready to pay for it and you never see it in your account. Easier said than done. When you get that $1,000 check, 
100% full, you want to spend that money right now and, and then. Um, but yeah, try and have some, some willpower with that. Or you can also pay your taxes quarterly. It's a lot extra um, hassle, but it's less of a, of a punch in your gut every April or May if you're paying a little bit of your taxes estimated uh, four times a year. You ever done that before? I haven't. I know about it, but I just, I've never done it. No. Yeah, me either. We're giving advice that we haven't actually taken ourselves, <laughs> but um, I'm just too lazy to actually pursue it. But I do know friends of mine who do it and it works for them. Um, I did it one time when I won Pyramid and I, you know, I had $150,000 that I had to get taxed on. And instead of waiting a whole year for that to happen, my accountant was like, let's pay that now this quarter. And then it's out of your hair. You don't have to think about it. And it really was a huge relief um, off my shoulders. So if that's something you want to consider permanently, you could do it. You could also consider starting an S corp S for Sarah, right? Cause you're the one who told me about this. So that's what I always thought S corp stood for. I did. But the funny thing is I was like, I hope because you are just coming off of setting up your S corp that you have all the information here because <laughs> I had said sketchy, uh, tax agent do mine. So I really don't know anything about it. And, um, I don't, I don't understand the purpose of it. <laughs> but okay, great. I well, did then, it and I have one. <laughs> great. And so far you haven't ended up in jail and you have, uh, you know, you've been able to live off of your, off of your money. Yeah. And I mean, I have, for instance, like any of my jobs that revolve around entertainment, I have them pay me through my S corp now. Um, and you know, if I have, let's say a bartending job that gets paid through my regular personal stuff. Um, there are some things that like I didn't get an opportunity to sort of process before. And so like, let's say I shot a job, um, on Dirty John, right? I did that show and that was before mm -hmm. my S Corp. So I still get residuals from that so that that will not be processed through my S Corp. So things like that still sort of trickle in. Um, sometimes if it's like a lesser job, that's like so small, I'm just like, whatever. Um, I'm not going to have, you know, annoy this teeny tiny company with all the business paperwork to get paid through the S Corp. But mostly I am trying to funnel um, my income that has to do with all of my entertainment and production stuff through my S Corp. So an S-Corp, according to Wikipedia, S-Corporations are ordinary business corporations, blah, blah, blah. They mean small business corporation. That's what the S is for. And like Sarah said, if you start yourself a business and you want to, it's basically, it's a way to, to help yourself out with taxes. Because here's how it works, right? If Sarah gets a job, let's say bartending, and you use your personal taxes, the bar the bar's going to pay you, let's just say $1,000, right? For a week's worth of work. We're just making up numbers here. Um, you as Sarah, they probably don't tax you, right? That's a 1099. They're just giving you a thousand bucks to work for the week. At the end of the year, you're going to get that form that they send you and the IRS is going to get that says, Hey, Sarah earned a thousand dollars working for this bar. She owes 33% on those taxes. So you're gonna have to pay $330 out of pocket, whatever. As an S Corp, if you're a professional bartending corporation, you can tell this bar, hey, you're not hiring Sarah Priebus or Mike Janella. You're hiring Sarah, you're hiring someone from Sarah Priebus Inc. or Mike Janella LLC, whatever. It's just us. We don't have like other employees, but this is how it works. And then what you do is those thousand dollars when it comes tax time, you can say, hey, a thousand dollars is what came to my corporation but only 750 of that was my salary. The other 250 was given to my shareholders uh, in the corporation. The shareholders are just us, right? There's no other employees or shareholders. There can be if you want, but then you're just losing more money that way. So then you get taxed on $750 instead of a thousand. Here's the catch. 
it sounds amazing, right? Oh, I'm just going to say that I only have to be taxed on $100 out of 1000 No, it has to be, it's very vague language, but it's like, okay, you have to earn a reasonable salary for your industry standard and what you do for the work. So you can't just get paid $1,000 by that bar, tell the IRS, hey, I'm only wanting to be taxed on 50 of those dollars and you pay no taxes and keep the rest in your pocket. That's how you get audited. That's how you end up in jail. So that does vary. You have to do your, your research into what you think a, a, consider, a, a industry standard salary is for yourself. But it basically limits your taxable uh, exposure in a way. And for people like us or any other small business owner that's working on their own, uh, it's also a way to get some limited liability. You know, mine is technically an LLC and it's a way to just have everything funnel through. So like Sarah said, you can still keep your different things in different pots. Every job I have is a media related job. So now when I go to host for some company and they don't want me to file a W-2 and take taxes out themselves, I bill them with an invoice from Mike Janella Media LLC and they pay that quote unquote company, which is really me. And then I have all that money at the end of the year to then let this shady accountant do with it what she will to hopefully save me as much money <laughs> as possible. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a little extra egg leg work and you got to pay a little bit up front. Every state is different in terms of how much it costs to register your business or you know, establish a permanent address. Every state and place is different. If you can do this, New York City does not allow you to have an S corp. So I have mine based out of New Jersey because my parents' address is still technically my permanent address. Uh, Sarah, you probably have yours somewhere outside of New York City. Do you even know? Wait, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're just probably in Philly or something, maybe. I guess so. Interesting. Yeah. So every jurisdiction is different. So before you take our advice on starting your own S corp. Look into it. There's Find a, million a doctor agent and have them do it for you so that right. you have or, no idea where you're located. <laughs> or do that. I wish that was the case because I. she told me about it. She's like, you know, your friend Previs, she always called you by your last name when I was there with her. Your friend Previs has an S-Corp and it saves her so much. You, you should do it too. And I'm like, well, she said you did it for her. So can you do that for me? But she was literally rushing me out the door and already complaining I was taking too much of her time. So doing this on my own, Either I'm fucked or you are. One of us is probably in the long run. I'm doing clearly something fucked wrong. because I don't, I don't have my taxes currently. They're being held for ransom. That's um, very true. <laughs> so <laughs> look into it um, and, and obviously do your own research for where you are and your personal situation. And hopefully you don't have an accountant that does literally not give you your taxes back until you drop off a bag of cash at her front door in a shady West Village basement. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Love it. So happy tax season. I hope you guys are saving lots of money and hopefully not giving uh, too much back to the government. But uh, those of you that are, I guess, uh, I always write to, I do a snarky little message when I send my checks in to the government. In the memo, it's like, you know, taxes, fix my roads or, you know, spend you the money really? on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to, just to give them a laugh and me a laugh. Hasn't cost me yet. So that's pretty tax cute. season. Yeah, it's the little things that get me through the day. Um, all right. Yeah, we're going to wrap this thing up soon because um, we both want to go. <laughs> but uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this so far. But Sarah, we do still have our casting calls of the week. One to ten. How good is yours? You want to go first or second? Um, I have. Oh, yeah, I'm only going to do this one. The other one is like kind of dumb. It's no, mine is not very good. All right. Well, then I guess let's get it out of the way first. <laughs> I almost want to share a screen on this so you can see. <laughs> this I am I like need you to actually see okay. how stupid this is 
Okay, Mike. Do you see this? The, okay, so the name of the project is Project. It's project. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It's the name of the project is just project in lowercase. And then the description, it says, <laughs> need a female to show up for several days, one day at a time, <laughs> 80 per day. Um, and then the role is side female. <laughs> oh my gosh. looks like they're remaking Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Um, a student project. Yeah, I think we can tell the fact that they forgot to put the name of the project in the project name. The, the, that's not even English. Several days, one day at a time. Oh, but, God. Um, Sorry. Hey. I just thought that was pretty funny. So, yeah, that's that's my casting call. That's great. I love it. Um, hey, students, you guys, uh, I know you guys are trying to make it in this business, but, you know, maybe try and be a little bit more professional when you put these casting calls out. Um, mine is, it's not a traditional casting call like we do, but it's just a story that happened to me literally a couple days ago that I think we've talked about on this podcast before and hopefully will give a good uh, mental health boost to anybody listening. So I got called out of the blue a couple days ago from a guy I used to work for, a producer of mine. And he called me, he said, we haven't talked in a while, but he's at a new place now, production company. He was like, hey, Mike, I'm uh, producing a voiceover spot, a commercial for this, this business. And they hired a guy, but they just hate his voice. And they gave me the specs of what they're looking for, the kind of personality. And I thought of you. Here, can I send you the script? Do you want to do the VO for it? Send it over to me. And this could be like, you know, a small thing. I said, yeah, sure. Send it over. And he sent me the clips of the guy that they already hired to say, you know, don't be like this guy. That's what they don't like. And this guy had an amazing voice, like deep Morgan Freeman, like pipes. But what they wanted was not that it's like a children's entertainment based company. I don't want to give away too much. But they wanted someone a little bit more excited, a little bit more high energy and not as you know, typical James Earl Jones voice sounding, right. which is not me. And that's why they came after me. And then I sent the VO and they liked it and all that stuff. But I think it's just it reminded me that a lot of times in this business, in any business, uh, it's not. Well, I mean, it is you. Right. But it's it's them. So it's not that you're bad. You're just not the right fit for that gig. Right. So you can be an amazing writer, you can be an amazing host, an amazing actor, an amazing whatever, but for whatever that job is that you think you're perfect for, you just might be not what they're looking for in that particular moment. And it's nothing wrong with you, it's just that one specific assignment that you're maybe not a great fit for. And in this instance, it worked out for me, but there's been many times in the past where it's gone the other way. So it was just a good reminder. And it kind of gave me some perspective that, Hey, sometimes you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And even though you may get a no or a rejection and you don't know why, you know, don't take it personal. Uh, sometimes you're just not the, the, what they're looking for and that's it. So, uh, that was my casting call, which, which came to me for once. I think that you just wanted to brag about the fact that you got a job and that you know. Marcellus lost out on one. <laughs> hey, our friend of the pod, Marcellus. That's a voice that I could never compete with. Um, go listen back to that episode if you haven't uh, lately. But yeah, you know, what, what, what was the last time I got my first uh, commercial audition, which that yeah. went nowhere. Uh, speaking of getting ghosted, I... I followed up with her after 10 days of hearing nothing and haven't heard back in a week. So maybe she's working with our accountant and just conspiring to keep us in the dark on everything. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I will have to go on my own adventure this week. Um, good luck, man. If there is an ever an indication of, uh, us living out this podcast, <laughs> the name of this podcast, that story is it. So yeah. Um, I, where is my brain going? I can't wrap this. Help me. Please help me, Mike. 
<laughs> so what Sarah's trying to say is that we're saying goodbye and we're going to keep living the damn dream. <laughs>